Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens. I'm Christina Roberts. I'm Chris Roberts. I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Well, hello. It's great to be with you. Today we're talking about legacies. The idea of impact and making meaning from our lives is super important to most people, and it seems as though that has evolved into the language of legacy. Not only do we want to have a life of meaning or impact, our immediate circles, but we want to be remembered. We want our life to impact future generations. So as I bring up this topic for today of legacies, what comes to mind for us? I feel like this is super relevant and it's been coming up so often in conversations that I've been having with people. And, you know, I, I can't speak to older generations because I'm not born then, but I think certainly with Gen X and beyond, there is this thing of, you know, making meaning, having impact. You know, we had a recent episode about the great shift where we talked about that, like, you know, we want our work to have meaning. And I think that's extending as we are getting into those spaces more of not just my world right now, but what's the future impact that I'm going to have? And I think environmentalists are thinking about this, even in, in culture, you know, there's movies like Encanto, Coco, where we're borrowing wisdom from different cultures that really value generations and generational wisdom coming to us and being passed on to future generations and what the legacy means. So I personally have found this topic coming up a lot in many of my conversations. That's really fascinating. I hadn't thought about it in these ways, but it is true, right? We're not necessarily just going to work in order to get the paycheck. We want work to mean something. And and it's strange. We do have a lot of ability now to document our work. Like I was just asking my husband, we put so much stuff out on the internet. There's videos and there's documents and blogs. I was like, is all this stuff going to exist or is it going to disappear? And he was like, no, no, the government is putting it away in an archive dot whatever. And I was like, I don't need all that. I don't need to know all that. But there is this question of how much of us lives on. I didn't grow up in a family or a household that, you know, this idea of legacy was like this passing on or let's look at the past generations, your grandmother, your grandfather, your great grandfather. I don't know that we looked at that. I think mainly probably because there was some brokenness down the line. And so we didn't, we didn't look at the legacy of, of previous generations. But I remember hearing a story whenever I was in missions training and the story was about how the Catholic church in the early centuries AD would would make these statues and it took a hundred years to make a statue and you know they would they would have one person cut this piece of wood a certain type of wood and then they would soak it in this salt water every day for you know years and years and years in fact you had to get an apprentice and then the apprentice continued your work of soaking this salt water, this piece of wood in salt water. And then finally, many, many years down the road, it would get to someone who sculpted it. These sculptures, these wooden sculptures would last for hundreds and hundreds of years. And it started with this one person who found the piece of wood 
and then began to care for the wood. And so I think that was the first time I was introduced to this, something that outlives, like you won't even see the completion of final product of that statue. Your part in the story begins much sooner and you won't even see it come come to fruition. So I think this is the first time I was introduced to this idea of a legacy, something that lives, you know, way beyond you and your life. And it's interesting, growing up Greek Orthodox, we had these songs that we would sing when someone passed away. And um, essentially it was everlasting be your memory. And when someone passed away, when you were talking to the loved ones, instead of, I think in American culture, we, we say, sorry for your loss. In Greek culture, we would say everlasting be so-and-so's memory in a sense of like what they have done, let us capture that and really bring that into the future and, and remember their lives in a significant way. And so I think even as a young child, that was really instilled in me. Um, so it's interesting that maybe this is sort of newer ideas for people, um, but I think there is something to that of, and interestingly enough, like how many of us know the names of our great-grandparents or great-great-grandparents? Probably not, you know, I, I think like we kind of are aware of up to a certain point and beyond that, we, we don't really think about that or know about that. And so I think our lives are kind of fleeting and fading. But when we're thinking in a, a collective sense of my wisdom, even if my particular name or fame isn't attached to it, there is something of me that's being passed on to future generations. I think there's something like, I don't know my great, great grandparents, but who I am today is because of, of the lives that they lived, etc. So I think that I find that interesting as well. I think what we're naming is a really interesting phenomenon, too, that somehow we have lived in a culture perhaps where kind of keeping track of all that fell by the wayside for a while. I, I think it did for me. And uh, my my dad is strangely, maybe not strangely, but they've, they've gotten into this more. So as they've went and found old photos and they're trying to name who's in the photo and they've created these binders to give to each of us. Um, there is a typo that suggests that Dominic and I got married in like 1975, which is just before I was born even. So I should probably get that corrected. But, um, you know, I came into my adult life imagining a blank slate, imagining, oh, I make myself, right? I, I make whatever I'm going to bring forth into the world. And as time has gone on, I think I understand more Maybe not. Maybe there are things that I've brought along with me. And as I read the wisdom of other cultures and other peoples, this notion of decisions that are made can affect like seven generations forward. And so can we make decisions thinking, how does this affect seven generations from now? That's a tall order. And I think it's a meaningful order. Yes, definitely. Definitely very, very, very meaningful. I think, you know, as, as I'm thinking about this, one of the things that's come up recently, I've been telling my children stories. Uh, one of the practices I've had in my life is, you know, sort of going back in history, look, you know, back in my life, back in the life of my parents and maybe of my grandparents and telling stories. And my children are craving these stories of where, where did they come from or how are we connected? Whenever I was tucking them in at night when they were really little, tell me a story about you, Dad. 
And so it sort of developed this practice in me of like, okay, what was my life like as a kid or like, what was my parents' life like? And so I, I've told these stories throughout the years and, and now it's sort of put me in a predicament because basketball is sort of a, a big thing in our house right now. And I played basketball. My, ki- my kids are trying to get me to become the coach of their basketball team because I'm this great basketball person. And now I am not really a great basketball person, but somehow they think their dad is going to take them to victory because of my coaching experience. You know, like I have a legacy to pass on to them and then they're going to have a legacy in basketball. So that's just a small way that I see this playing out with my kids. But I think it plays out in much grander ways, sort of as my kids get older, like they they retell the stories that I've told them and they're listening. They, they pay attention. They know. And I think they want a legacy too. And they want my strength to, to live on in them and hopefully you know we're we're trying to get their strength to live on in our in our grandchildren and our great grandchildren as well and christina it's interesting you mentioned that your dad has been into you know genealogies and lo- looking at photos and you know we see a resurgence in culture too around that like there's different websites now where you can go to and find out more about your family tree and so even culturally i i wonder if there's this craving in us for a sense of grounding and recognition that, you know, our lives are connected to something bigger and um, we're part of a, a grander story. And, you know, Chris, even to your point of, you know, the, these things that are, that I can inherit these things and these stories. And of course they probably get a little bit embellished over the years and we build them up in our minds as children, etc. cetera. Um, but being able to take those things into the, the future. So yeah, even as we're laughing a little bit about how stories get embellished, they, they do sometimes and yet how much does it even matter because even if we think about parables parables aren't really about the exactness of the story either they were meant to give a broader concept a picture that could be interpreted and used in your particular moment and so it doesn't seem to matter as much as some some of us would like to believe because some of us like to get the exact truth but apparently it doesn't really matter that much And I like how we're kind of broadening that, you know, our legacy making and and how we lean into this. Again, it's story based, it's reflection. And, you know, I've been really impacted by some of the works of Bobby Clinton. He's written some books and he has extensive articles. And one of his articles is called Lasting Legacies. And he sort of lists out, I think there's like kind of 13 different ways in which we can think about legacies. And I like this because it's like, oh, like there's different ways. And so, you know, we've been talking a lot right now on the podcast about um, family legacy and what does it mean to pass on kind of our values to you know, whether it be our nieces and nephews, grandparents, if we have children of our own, those sorts of things. Um, But there's things like being a a role model and that um, having a model life that others want to emulate, that that can be a type of legacy. Um, Artists, those who introduce creative ways of doing things and the end product is a model for how to do things differently, whether that be through any sort of art things. Um, Stabilizers is another one that he mentions. Those who work in organizations to improve them and to keep them consistent. And so revitalization and efficiency in that. Um, writers, promoters. And so I appreciate kind of, and we can link to it in the show notes if you're interested in looking at the um, the types of like lasting legacies that he mentions. But I think that that broadens the, the imagination of what that could look like. That's fascinating. Uh, I want to see all of them. I'm not, I'm not familiar with this particular 
listing. And so I, I, I think I am not a stabilizer. That is not right where I like to live. <laughs> but I do write some things. So yes, there is kind of, there's home and, and moral and value there. And then there does seem to be our work life a little bit where we get to maybe put out new ideas, well, maybe this is me, but like getting to put out new ideas a little bit and encourage in a certain direction, this notion of being an influencer in the world, uh, which does appeal, I think, very much. And, and I, I think I've even asked this question throughout my, my working life in a way, like what difference is this making? Who would care? Why does this matter? And even things like, you know, Thea Vula's tzatziki recipe that's being passed down, you know, or, you know, it could be like these family traditions and recipes or songs. I think there's such an expansive way that we can be thinking about legacy. Also, as we're talking, something that definitely comes to mind is the environment. And, you know, again, I think in culture, we're becoming more aware of the choices that we're making and the impact on the environment. And I'm just so encouraged by people rethinking you know, solar energy or ways to kind of renew energy and things like that, which is so inspiring as we're kind of considering, again, things that we will never see that are, you know, maybe even our grandchildren won't see, possibly they will. But thinking in those terms to me feels exciting, kind of to your point, Chris, about, you know, those ancient cultures that would soak the wood to create the beautiful statues or cathedrals. There's something about the work that we can do that maybe we aren't going to be the ones that see that, but there's something exciting. And I think very fulfilling about, again, being part of this grander picture in the things that we're doing in the small choices that we're making, as well as maybe some things that we can invent and be part of contributing down the road. Yeah, I feel like the notion of just even the one thing, right? It's the one tree that I soaked in wood, the one choice that I made today to help the environment forward, the one moment where I was able to say, like, did, did one more person experience love or kindness or connection? And what the difference of that one thing might make, even in ways that we don't understand. Yeah, I, I like what both of you guys have said. And I like the notion of, of being a contributor, right? I think sometimes when I think about legacy, legacy, I think about like, what am I as this one individual in the world going to leave behind? But really, I'm, I'm part of a bigger story. I can contribute to what others are contributing. Yeah. And I think maybe just to add to that too, it's interesting. I was recently reading how, you know, in past generations, our heroes or heroines were like the sports stars, the politicians. But nowadays, when you ask people, like take surveys of who are who are your heroes, rarely is it the, the superstar. It's my grandmother. It's my third grade teacher. It's sort of these simple people that aren't famous, that nobody knows about, but were that are famous to you, that are your personal heroes. So I think it's interesting, even the shift in culture where we're not as into the glitzy glamour anymore. It's, it's more of those personal, to your point, Christina, the one that's really made a difference in my life and in my small circle of influence. So I appreciate you naming that. Yes, thank you. What a generative conversation that we've had today. Now is the part of the podcast where we transition to what we are into. What are we into recently, folks? Well, I am super into, I'm so into it and it's so recent that it doesn't come until tomorrow, but um, maybe a few years ago, a friend of mine introduced me to this coffee from New Mexico, this pinion coffee, and they'll, I think it's indigenous coffee actually, because she is Navajo herself, and so there'll be tones of cinnamon or chocolate and different 
kinds. And we ordered just a ton of it, and it's coming tomorrow, and I cannot wait. So that is what I am into right now. Well, I am into explaining away effects pedals to my daughter. Someone recently gifted uh, my child with an amazing all-in-one pedal complete with wah, and it has compression, delay, reverb, mod, it has all these things. And so I'm like, that's sort of like a Cadillac for someone that's just learning to drive. And or a Bentley or wherever you're listening listening to from the world, whatever your your most amazing car is for someone who is just learning to drive. So I've taken on the task of teaching these different effects and what they do. And so starting with, you know, overdrive and distortion and moving into delay. And so it's been fun for me to sort of go back to the basics of how these different effects play out in the mix and uh, to teach that to my child. So I've been into uh, effects pedals. Well, I am into uh, mail order mysteries and I was recently at someone's house and, you know, we were talking about kind of indoor things for the kids and she showed me this amazing thing and um, that she ordered for her kids and it's these clues that come in and you kind of solve the mystery and so um just this morning I was looking at the website and there's four choices and I made my choice and so I'm not quite sure when it will ship um but by the time this podcast airs hopefully I will be enjoying mail order mysteries with my children well thank you for joining us and if you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to sign up for our bi-weekly newsletter. You can find a link in the show notes or subscribe at thecontemplativelife.net. It was great to be with you. Until next time. Mm-hmm.